Thanks for listening to Shift Your Spirits. I'm Slade Robertson. For 13 years, I've been a professional intuitive, but I try to talk about spirituality with fewer hearts and flowers than most New Age blather. I also mentor emerging intuitives, psychics, and healers in a program called Automatic Intuition. It is Sunday, June 30th, 2019, as I record this introduction. This week, just in time for Independence Day, astrologer Dina DeCastro is here, reading the natal chart of the United States. She gives her interpretations of the current transits, how those relate to what we're seeing in this country right now, and also the astrological conditions presenting over the next few years. I had a blast with this conversation. I think it's the closest thing to entertaining and enjoyable New Age politics you are likely to hear. And as she does with personal charts, Dina finds some optimism and an opportunity for empowerment in her reading. We have some upcoming opportunities to change the world in big ways, and I'm feeling hopeful about that. That's coming up in just a few minutes. As always, there's an Oracle segment at the end of the show. Be thinking about a question or a concern you have. Hold it in your mind. I'll come back on after the final links and credits and leave you with that extra message. In personal news, clearly if you listened to last week's show by Felicia, then you're probably anxiously awaiting some personal news from me about my health scare situation. Thank you for your concern, for all the messages and comments online. I tried to get the word out through an announcement in our Facebook community, but in case you don't have access to that, I'll repeat my results here. The news was very good, as good as I could have hoped for. The ultrasound confirmed a 9mm benign cyst on my jewels. Absolutely no treatment is required. I will be following up in a few months and will monitor with another ultrasound to make sure this is not growing or changing in any way. Um, Honestly, it could have been there for years and it may not ever pose any other issue. Listen, everyone was so compassionate with supporting me and also grateful that I shared what was going on. Only one person tried to shame me for being inappropriate and sharing too much of my life. The overwhelming feedback that I got was positive. And I encourage you to do the same thing in our group. Don't be embarrassed. If you need support, there are hundreds of people in the Shift Your Spirits community who have compassion and in some cases wisdom and actual experience for what you're going through. To reiterate, I shared my fear And what was going on with me because I couldn't not share it. You know what I mean? There was nothing more important in my world last week. This was a test of my spiritual tools. And there's no better way to illustrate that than to show you in real time what my crises look like and how I'm using what we talk about on this show to manage them, to get through stuff. And doing it in the moment is a way of saying, I'm not editing this for my success here. I could very well be here today sharing bad news and we'd be having a different conversation about how I'm applying my philosophy and um, my tools to get through whatever that next stage might have been. Good news for me. The moral of last week's story was information is everything. A lack of information breeds anxiety and fear Intuition is often not a complete set of information, but a clue and a prompt to seek out additional information and professional help. I'll say it again. One of the best ways in which your guides can assist you and your prayers can be answered is putting you in touch with earthly professionals down here in the third dimensional world who have the resources, tools, and experiences to help you. I'll come back on here in the next few episodes and talk about some of the shit that went down last week. Um, My trip to Dallas was canceled. There's a lot more to my story, actually. But for now, just a quick update. I'm good. I'm healthy. I'm well. And thank you for all your prayers and good vibes and happy wishes. They were very welcome and appreciated. Love you guys. 
Before I forget, I do want to say a quick thank you to my newest supporters on Patreon, Michelle Pereira and James Bonilla. Thank you to all of you who continue to pledge your support. It demonstrates you're enjoying the show and want it to continue. Listeners who support the show on Patreon can access a guided meditation called Messages from Your Spirit Guides, exclusive bonus episodes, and there's also a mastery level of support where you can download one of my courses for free each month. This month, because so many people have written to me or mentioned having anxiety over money right now, I'm sharing the money shift with all my Patreon supporters. That's every tier every person who has pledged anything. It's partly a gift to you for my 50th birthday, which is coming up in July, and mostly motivated by the original intention that this program, The Money Shift, should be available inexpensively. To find out how you can become a patron, support my time in producing this show, and access extra bonus content, please go to patreon.com slash shiftyourspirits. I remember the first time I became aware of the fact that you could cast a chart on an event or a country or a business. And um, the first thing that struck me as interesting was that the United States was a cancer. Yes, yes. And there's so much in the natal chart that just, you know, jumps out. So as accurate to me uh, for this particular chart. And so I would want to clarify first that, you know, the chart that we're using is called the the Sibley chart uh, made by a person named Sibley, <laughs> a man named Ebenezer Sibley, who was contemporaneous to the time of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. He was an astrologer and oh, back then. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and so there are different charts for the United States, but this one is the most commonly used and there is a lot of uh, proof or a lot of support for it being accurate because we look at um, in astrology we use a method called rectification where we take events such as let's say the beginning of World War II or the, the stock market crash or the beginning of the Civil War and we look at where the planets were at the time of those big events in the history of the United States and see if the transits reflect that. Does mm. that make sense? So it's like you're kind of retro engineering it based on some milestone stuff. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And so if the the big proof for this chart, in my opinion, and in many other astrologers' opinions, is on 9-11, Pluto was right on the ascendant of this chart. Exactly. Okay. So Pluto was conjunct. And so Pluto represents... You know, death, <laughs> endings, new beginnings, transformation. Uh, but it can literally be symbolic of, in that case, like terrorists at the gate. Because the ascendant is the the front, you know, the doorway into the chart. So we had Pluto on that degree, that exact degree that is the ascendant of the Sibley chart. And Saturn on the descendant. So there was on 9-11 a Saturn-Pluto opposition right on the horizon, the ascendant and the descendant of this chart. So that's a little bit technical, but uh, basically that is not the thing that, something that could just happen very well by chance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very pronounced symbolism there of 9-11 showing up in this chart uh, during that transit time. So I I have a lot of faith in this chart. Um, And so I'm going to talk a little bit about the natal chart itself, and then we'll look to what is happening now and what's coming down the road, which are the transits and progressions. How exciting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us. So so first, I want to clarify that, you know, when we're looking at the chart of a country, I mean, I do look at it as an entity. It's not a person. So it's a little different than doing a reading for a person, right? We're not talking about a person here, but um, it's an entity and we're talking about a collective energy. And sometimes people ask, well, what does this have to do with me? Like, how does this energy of the United States and its chart affect me and my life? It it seems very abstract is what I'm saying, you know, to Mm -hmm. some people. Um, And we all live in the United States, you know, those of us who are Americans. So we participate in this collective energy. And um, in 
Jessica Murray's book called Soul Sick Nation, which I recommend to anybody that wants to go deeper, uh, deeper into the understanding of the United States chart. Um, she explains this at the beginning, this idea that, you know, we as individuals, as Americans have chosen on a soul level to incarnate in America at this time or at any time that we've been Americans. And so we have a connection with this chart, you know, a karmic connection that where there's an interplay between each of us and the collective agreed reality, you know, that is the United States. You can't get away from the fact that you are an American, right? As, mm-hmm. as if you live in any country, you can't get away from your national identity, even though you might not agree with the policies of the country, even though you might think you're you know, off the grid or alone on a hill or something, you still have to abide in some way by the laws uh, that create the reality of living in that country. And so the chart represents that, you know, what is this entity? What is its energies? And therefore, what are we dealing with all the time living under this collective reality? And so when we look to this chart, you know, first of all, it is uh, it is a cancer, right? And you mentioned that, that, I mean, this is something that's very striking. We are, and, you know, have had a national identity as the the country that takes care of everybody else. And there are several Cancerian planets here. We've got the Sun in Cancer. We've got Venus and Jupiter and Mercury all in Cancer in the United States chart. Wow. So quite a lot of concentration there. And the Sun is even... Uh, conjunct to Jupiter, Jupiter conjunct to Venus. Uh, So there's a bundle there. And so laying that all out, you know, the sun is ego identity. It's, it's who we think we are. And the sun and in that, in this chart being a cancer sun means that we derive our sense of identity from being the caretaker of the world. You know, the, the, country that feeds everybody else, the country that is the parental energy. You mm-hmm. know, I won't say mother uh, because it's really non-gendered. The Cancerian energy is parental, in my opinion, and the nurturer of the world. And there are some ironies in here we're going to get to. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and the shadow side of that is, you know, the ego identity that derives from that can be inflated about it too. You know, there could be a sense of we are the the big parents, you know, of the world and uh, that you could see that across the globe. It's like, I, I, you know, I balk at the idea that I often hear from politicians who say, you know, we're the, we're the best, we're the greatest country in the world. Like they'll just say it like it's nothing. And I always think, but how arrogant is that? You know, it's a very, it's a very Sun Jupiter kind of statement. It's like we're number one, right? Mm-hmm. And it is, I think, in part, you know, this Cancerian attitude of like we're the ones that take care of everybody else. That so we we know how to do it, right? We're the we're the big parents of the world. So there's a shadow and a light to that, like anything. And in its positive, it is been, you know, that we are the country who takes care of immigrants, ha ha ha, right now. Right. Um, we're the country that welcomes uh, those who are in need of care, in need of support. Um, that is a high road of Cancerian energy. And we could go back to that. You know, we could always choose to go back to that as a country, but it will take individual choices uh, within the collective to make that happen. So other things that stand out about this natal chart, we've got a Sag rising. Okay, this is probably the most, um, I wanna say the most, of course, visible feature, the rising sign is what other people see about us and what other people see about Americans. You know, if you ask anybody abroad, what are the stereotypes? Loud, mm-hmm. <laughs> brash. <laughs> obnoxious unfiltered (laughs) Um, unfiltered uh taking up a lot of space right Mm -hmm. and i'm you know bagging on sag energy a little bit here i love sag energy for the record (laughs) yeah some of my best friends are sag um but in terms of the united states chart 
the Sag energy can show up as this, again, the shadow side of Sag, which is the entitled uh, nature of taking up a lot of space, the entitled quality of Sag. And how that could be used well, the Sag rising, is the ability to um, be the big, uh, kind of bigger than life energy that helps others. You know, the, the country that brings great ideals to other countries, such as democracy. Um, those are some of the, the high possibilities of Sag rising. You know, the great philosopher uh, energy that comes through with Sag. So we have done both, you know. And we have a long history as a country. We've done both sides of all of these things I'm going to describe. Mm-hmm. And the moon in this chart is in Aquarius. And moon is the the overall emotional nature of a person, uh, kind of the mood, you know, the general mood averaged over a lifetime. And the mood of the United States is freedom seeking, is rebellious, is separatist. Mm. Okay, That's Aquarius energy. It's wanting to be uh, different and set apart and wanting to be um, free of laws, you know, wanting to be a, a kind of a person unto oneself. So that, you know, the cry for freedom is is in our DNA. And to a fault, I mean, we are a country of people who are now going into the shadow side of of Aquarius energy, which is isolation, which is disassociation. Um, You know, these are the shadow elements of that Aquarius energy. And that brings us to the South Node, which is also in Aquarius. So it is very likely that as a country identity, we are tending toward the shadow sides of Aquarius, which are disassociation, which are over-intellectualizing uh, and rationalizing in order to distance ourselves from emotion. Um, you know, and I think of the role of science in this country is really, it's tricky because science is so important and I'm a, a big fan of science, but science can also be used to disconnect us from heart and spirit. You know, so we have in this field that you and I are in, you know, we have a tricky relationship with science, right? Because I love science and mm-hmm. yet science really does not validate any experience that is not tangible to the five senses and that is of the heart or the intuitive centers. It's not yet. I mean, we're getting there. I think there's starting to be some merging. But this relationship with uh, technology the likelihood that we go down the shadow path with that is very strong, mm. you know, as a national identity. So the North node is in Leo and you would say, okay, well, it seems like we already have a lot of Leo like energy in this country. You know, we think we think we're the leader of the world, right? Mm-hmm. That's the shadow expression of it. But the high road with Leo is to be the benevolent leader, not the, you know, I'm going to just take charge because I can and assert my power leader. Um, that leadership is a role that we are here to play, but to do it from the high road of cancer, which is true caregiving, true nurturing, and true uh, benevolence toward those who come seeking our help. So I won't go too much more into the the natal chart right now and we'll kind of get it in bits and pieces as we go through the transits but do you have any any questions or anything that like impresses you about any of that well i'm i'm sitting here because <clears throat> i'm really bad to form a uh, uh turn character like to personify or to create characters in my head of concepts Mm -hmm. like this like i even have a character for my own astrology it's like it's Mm -hmm. almost like if i was a graphic artist like in a comic book sort of sense i could create these like superhero images much easier than i see but um Mm -hmm. as you were describing those basic elements i thought you know i'm picturing the cowboy with a heart of gold 
Totally. I'm picturing, you know, it is a cowboy movie, for God's sake. Um, you know, yes, he is yeah. saving everybody. And, you know, somewhere deep inside, he's a white hat, right? We're white hat cowboy. Yep. Um, but it's a cowboy with a heart of gold. And yep. dare I say, very George Bushian mm-hmm. character. Yes. Yep. And, and he's a cancer as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, which is interesting. Like, let's not go down the like dick cheney shadow side of of (laughs) of george bush but i mean george bush's personality just kind Mm -hmm. of you know if you look at him with some benevolence and and fondness is very much that kind of archetype yes so it kind of makes it kind of makes sense you know like i always thought oh he's so inappropriate of course now that bar has been changed but um it, looking back, I'm like, it totally makes sense that he would be president of the United States. He does kind of, and you know, and I, I think, was it Teddy Roosevelt that was also sort of a, a big, bigger than life cowboy kind of figure? Yes, totally. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, the, the presidents that we've chosen, I'm sure, you know, have uh, karmic connections with this chart. Mm-hmm. I Probably most of them. And, you know, the the chart will... I would say, you know, it's going to coincide with a lot of the president's charts that that we've had. Um, Another thing strikes me about cancer is that there's a certain nostalgia uh, inherent in cancerian energy that's, you know, a longing for the past and attachment to tradition and and old values and family values. Don't want anything to change. Would rather it be miserable as long as it's the same. (laughs) <laughs> right, totally. And it, it's this. Uh, and I think that when Bush uh, came into power, there was that like, let's return to the like the folksy Texan energy. You know, he was a remnant of the past. Like he was definitely yeah. an echo of that anyway. Um, and, you know, same with what's happening now. Like, let's go back. Let's quote, make America great again. Mm-hmm. You know, and as if there was some time in the past when it was absolutely great all around 100%. Um, but there's in that a nostalgia that is it is quite dysfunctional. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. really, really steers us in some very wrong directions uh, looking back. Uh, because the past nostalgia is, you know, is inherently a skewed way of looking at things. It's not it's not reality it's a depressed quality like i associate you know being overly focused with the past is depression being overly focused on the future is is anxiety you know it's like um those are the two general like baskets that i put stuff in Mm -hmm. and um to me be it, my dad is is not i mean he's a taurus so he doesn't mm-hmm. have any of this but he is one of those people who really um loves that kind of folksy sort of you know american folk tale kind of persona it's very mm-hmm. attractive to him as a quality in other people and leaders and actors whatever it is i noticed that he's he's very drawn to that kind of yeah and um it always seems to be so like um, unable to, you know, innovate in some way. Like there, there's this right. lack of of wanting anything new. Mm-hmm. Very much not excited by new stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it, this is the the safety uh, that cancer wants in this case. You know, that's the the nostalgia is paired with a need for safety, um, a need for emotional security and physical security. And so, you know, we have, let's build the wall. Um, So, and this is my teacher, Stephen Forrest, um, in one of his readings of this chart came up with this analogy. It's like, how cancerian is that? You know, we we want a crab shell. (laughs) Literally, we want a crab shell as a country. Now, we, I'm not talking about you and I, but just in this, Right. Collective energy that's happening right now. You know, what is erupting is shadow cancerian uh, energy around needing to be safe, needing to go back to the past. Let's keep all these new people out um, that, you know, 
that shadow path of the cancer. So, yes, I mean, this chart feels right to me in so many ways. Um, so I'm, I've gone with it. I'm going with it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to look at what is happening now. Uh, and what's happening over the next couple of years, because these are important years coming up, just in general, because of the election and what's happening in our country at the moment. But astrologically speaking, it's an important time. You know, the number one thing that is coming down the road, uh, and this isn't for a couple of years, you know, it'll be a couple of years before this is in range, but we're going to have a Pluto return. Now, you've heard of Saturn return right? Um, Planets make returns. And in this case, because we are a country that is 240 some odd years old, um, we are going to experience something that humans cannot experience, which is a Pluto return. Interesting. I know. I mean, Pluto has that long of an orbit. It's 242 years approximately can vary a little bit. But the Pluto return will be exact in 2022. And it will really start, though, um, even in 2020. You know, there are parts of 2020 where it will come into range and then become exact moving toward 2022. That seems to me to be the biggest overriding influence right now. So I'm going to open with that and say, you know, Pluto energy is it's about looking at the shadow it's about the wound. Where is the wound in the United, United States natal chart? Pluto is in Capricorn in the second house of resources. Okay. There's a lot of things that came up as I was doing the research for this um, episode. But one of the thoughts that came to me right away is, well, look at how we have dealt with resources over the whole time we've been a country. We, we came in and we took them. We have abused them, uh, natural resources, you know, and otherwise human resources, slavery. Um, we have a lot of karma and a lot of wounding around this issue of resources. Okay. And with Pluto returning, that means the karma is coming to a head. So we are going to have to deal with, and we are already, you know, being forced to look at how we have dealt with resources in ways that have not served us as a collective, in ways that have polluted uh, and toxified. And the pollution and and toxicity are also ruled by Pluto (laughs) in ways that we have polluted and and made toxic the world that we live in. Um, And our inappropriate relation to resources relationship to resources. And I'm not saying, you know, you're going to hear me say a lot of negative things about the United States today. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we're the only country that's done this okay? of course. At, at all. Um, we're just focusing on the United States right now. So Pluto coming back around to that, that point, the natal point is the chance for a new beginning here though. It's the chance to reinvent our relationship to resources. I'm pretty sure this has a lot to do with the environment. (laughs) I mean, it seems like a duh. Um, That climate change is for real. And it's in a great part due to the inappropriate use of resources, physical resources, natural resources, that we have been a huge part of, you know, that we've participated in and not only participated in but engendered in other parts of the world because our need for this high standard of living that we have here uh, is has become contagious and so therefore other countries are consuming at a level that is not sustainable now so not sustainable is a phrase that really fits for me together with this idea of Pluto coming around to Pluto again. It's like something ha- something big has to die. Something has to come to an end. Maybe it's our dependence on fossil fuels. You know, that's probably one of the things we could put in the in the hat. Maybe it's also um, you know how we how we grow our food, how we deal with 
the resources that we have there in this country. <clears throat> so, is it too Pollyanna to? Th- I mean, is this outside um, the Pluto thing? I was I was trying to think. Okay, well, how can we reframe some of this and and mm-hmm. and have hopefulness about it? Yeah. Um, the death of that system would yeah. be a good thing. So yes. Um, yes. You know, and and this is coinciding also with some of the things that I've been posting recently online about the fact that it is Mm -hmm. now cheaper to, you know, produce solar power than it is to, you know, for the longest time, some of these renewable energy sources weren't at the point where it made economic sense um, to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you couldn't sell someone on the idea, but it's cheaper, you know, and now we're starting to see that emerge um, yes. You know, and it could be uh, so, you know, would it be in keeping with this Pluto return that that, mm-hmm. that could be the result? Absolutely. And that's something I, I really want to make clear as well Is I as an evolutionary astrologer, I'm always hopeful that we can choose something better. Uh, you know, we as part of this collective have free will choices ourselves. And so if we're aware of what's going on in the United States chart, we're aware of what's going on um, astrologically. We can also choose the the path that leads to the higher expression of these energies, rather than the the fated, you know, supposedly fated um, dark road, right? Mm-hmm. And so, no, I don't think it's too Pollyanna at all. And and I really was was thinking about um, some of the things you've been posting too about the good stories. You know, the things that are happening that um, where people are making big changes mm-hmm. toward helping the environment, you know, Trader Joe's getting rid of pl- or phasing out plastics, which is mm-hmm. big, you know, or uh, people that are cleaning up the ocean, you know, as we were talking about mm-hmm. um, that this is a trend that I see as part of this. Like there is a new beginning coming. Mm-hmm. Pluto Pluto brings death, but death of the things that need to die, you know, that are ready to die. They're old, outmoded systems, okay? So I see a potential of us being a country that's like the phoenix that rises out of the ashes. That's one story that could very well happen. But it's going to take some uh, admittance, of the wrongs that we've done in the past, some acknowledgement of this wound. And, you know, Capricorn, where Pluto is, Pluto is in Capricorn now, and Pluto was in Capricorn at the the time of the nation's birth. It is uh, a sign of responsibility, taking responsibility, okay? And so that's what needs to happen, is a true owning of it. That's not what we see happening right now overall. You know, a lot of people wanting to stick their heads in the sand and say it's not, you know, climate change isn't real. And, you know, so it, it's, but that's not everybody. So it's, it's all hanging in the balance right now. But yeah, I, you know, I do think that what you've stated is a, a very possible reality too. So we have um, right now, Also, the secondary biggest theme I see is Saturn energy, uh, Saturn transits to the United States chart. And we have Saturn currently conjunct Pluto, uh, conjunct this Pluto that we've been talking about. And when Saturn meets up with a planet, uh, transiting Saturn, in this case, conjunct Pluto, it brings forward the themes into our reality very strongly. So we're already seeing the echoes of this Pluto return the Saturn is on that Pluto as well. And Saturn and Pluto are together in the sky right now. And so the karmic themes are uh, very prevalent. The, the themes of the wound, the past, the taking need to take responsibility, which is also a Saturn theme. The need to grow up, Saturn theme. Okay, Grow up and face what needs to be done and do it. Okay, That, that would be if Saturn could talk, that's what it would say, <laughs> mm-hmm. grow up, face your responsibilities, do something. Okay. There's an emotionless quality about Saturn too, right? Like yep. it, it's kind of like, you know what? We're just going by the books here. This has got to mm-hmm. go. Like it's mm-hmm. very, 
it's very practical and utilitarian in a, in some aspect, right? Totally. And think of that in contrast to Cancerian energy. You know, there's that nostalgic, emotional, okay, and this is something we could say a little bit more about the Cancerian piece um, that, you know, is emotional and subjective to the point of delusion. Okay, that's shadow cancer, right? <laughs> okay. Um, and, and I say that a little harshly, but I think about how we're, as a country right now, so caught up in emotions on both sides. Okay, we do need a dose of cold hard facts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's, it's evidenced in the media where, like, what is true? Like, nobody knows what's true anymore. You know, there's so much fake, quote, fake news out there, whatever you think that is. There's a lot of distortion of the media and other countries are manipulating our media. So what is true? Well, it's whatever you feel like that day you want to believe, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's the subjective thing I'm talking about with cancer energy. Mm-hmm. So Saturn is also opposing the sun, the United States sun right now. Okay. This is a biggie. Um, that that Cancerian sun we've been talking about, Saturn is opposing it all of 2019, the whole year. So we're in it, and it's going to be there through the end of the year. So we're getting a huge dose of uh, this, you know, Saturn sternness, this non, I like how you put it, you know, it's very non-emotional. It's the antidote to, uh, to Cancerian energy. It's like grow up, look at what's real, you know, take the emotions out of it for the moment. Okay, so that's happening, right? And then we have Saturn squaring itself, Saturn squaring the natal United States Saturn. Uh, And Saturn square to itself is a crossroads. It's a crisis point In, in a personal chart. You know, it's usually evocative of a career direction change or a role change that needs to happen. But Saturn squaring itself in the United States chart saying, yeah, we're at a clear crossroads here and we must do some Saturn things in order to be on track with who we are supposed to be in the world. And that's Saturn. Uh, Saturn in the 10th house in the natal chart speaks to who we are to be in the world. You know, we are to be a leader and a peace bringer. That Saturn is in Libra, the sign of the peacemaker, the sign of balance. Saturn squaring the Saturn right now is saying we are at a crossroads where we could go either way on that. We can be the peace bringer or we could be the war maker, you know, and so we are at a a tilting point. But the, you know, the, the overall theme with all of that Saturn, there's, you know, quite a lot there is grow up, do what needs to be done and then stop looking at things through the lens of your own subjectivity, really step back and look at, okay, here's what needs to be done and how are we going to do it? Let's do something practical. Now that's also Saturn and Capricorn. One final (coughs) Saturn transit that's happening is the Saturn opposing the U S Mercury. Mercury's in cancer retrograde in the natal chart. Isn't that interesting? Um, so we have a ret- um, Mercury retrograde in our natal chart as a country. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, it <laughs> To me, it enhances that uh, potential for subjective magical thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very interesting book out called Fantasyland. I've just started into it. But it's about this idea that we as a country have built an identity around magical thinking and fantastical thinking you know it's the disneyland mentality it's it's that everybody wants to be famous even though you didn't do anything mentality it's the (laughs) it's the uh you know the way that we have of letting even religious ideas spiritual ideas get in the way of seeing what's actually true okay and that is something that's in, in our DNA as a country, that heightened subjectivity and proneness to being influenced uh, by outside influences. You know, let's look at the, the recent meddling with our election, right? It's like, 
whoa, what happened there? And the fake news, you know, mm-hmm. or the, the Russian fake news, not what the president thinks is fake news, <laughs> to clarify. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Saturn making an opposition to that Mercury, which is also happening all of 2019. Currently, it's it's right in, you know, very close range of it, um, is saying, okay, let's get your thinking straight. Like, <laughs> Look at what's real. Stop stop paying attention to what your emotions, meaning the the kind of the base emotions are telling you, like your attachment to the need for safety, security, and how that's driving the show. And look at what's actually happening. Like let's read statistics on, you know, how <laughs> what comes to mind in a scenario is uh, the immigrants on the border and how the people here who are afraid of the immigrants and want them all out, they have this inflated idea of how many, how much of our resources those immigrants are taking, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's the fear that's being fomented by this administration is, you know, um, that they're going to take all your resources. They're going to take your money. They're going to take your jobs. If you look at the statistics, that's not happening and not has never been happening and that's the dose of reality you know that saturn wants to bring in it's like look at the statistics look at the science look at the actual <laughs> facts okay this is not not something you can decide based on your fear and how you feel right so that saturn is a huge player right now it continues um next year to be a player in its conjunction to Pluto uh, still and to the south node of the chart, which is going to bring up the karmic themes to the surface. How are we going to use technology in service of the good? What practical things can we do with science and with technology to make, uh, to, to heal this wound around resources and how we have used resources in the past. How are we going to do this differently? So Saturn and Pluto are bringing these, these things together. And then another theme, uh, really kind of a final theme, and then we can talk more about, you know, maybe go back into some of the natal chart stuff and any questions that are coming up for you, but um, is Jupiter. Uh, always want to look at what Jupiter's doing because Jupiter points toward the opportunity, the, the things that can flow easily, the things that are gifts, and where can we find the gifts? You know, where do we go to find the, the good luck, right? Jupiter is um, currently moving into the second house, or will be moving into the second house of the United States chart in 2020, February of 2020. Um, and its passage through that house, you know, for the better part of next year and into the first part of of 2021 is magnifying this theme of resources. But it's saying there is there is abundance here. Like we just have to know how to find it and how to use it. We know this is an abundant country. But Jupiter is going to be magnifying and highlighting all of our resources, you know, the technology as a resource, science as a resource, um, people as a resource. And the natural resources that we have, it will be inviting us to use them in a different way, in a more benevolent way. So it can be a time of abundance that we're coming into if we choose also to work through the Saturn-Pluto lessons that, that I've laid out. So that's what I'm seeing for this little bit of time ahead. I did also um, cast a chart for the election next year to see yeah. you know where we're at then, which I'm sure most people are curious about. I will say right off the bat that I don't predict. <laughs> I have learned this lesson. Yeah. No, I, I don't you know predict who's going to win or what's going to happen. I think everybody has their opinions about that and they could all be equally valid at this point. I just have no idea which way that's going to go. Um, all possibilities are on the table, I think with that, but this chart is saying that, uh, you know, we have Mars, uh, 
being very close to the United States Chiron at that point. And Mars also uh, making a square to the sun and a square to or an opposition to the United States Saturn. So Mars, you know, I look at it in terms of short term transits, you know, for for a particular event, I'll look at Mars and Mars is about conflict. Uh, Mars will be in Aries on that day. So I do worry. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, you're getting the picture, huh? Um, I do worry about the possibility of uh, heightened conflict and violence on that day. I I don't want to plant that as a fear in everybody's mind, but just to be wary that, you know, I think energies, of course, they're going to be running very high. Uh, Mars being square the sun and oppose the Saturn and conjunct the Chiron does to me, you know, it says, okay, that it's like a fire that's waiting for uh, some gasoline to be thrown on it. Let's not throw the gasoline on it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so that's where we could be, you know, by 2020. It's, it's, it's self-evident like this. We don't need astrology to tell us this, but the astrology just confirms and reflects that, right? That, okay, we're, we may be hitting a point there where emotions are running so high and anger is running so high that it's very dangerous, you know? And so I, I do worry about that. And that was for actually election day, like, correct? yeah. So some kind of disruption or, um, it could just be some kind of, chaos I'm sure but I mean yeah it's not hard to imagine that happening but yeah when you said <laughs> Mars and Aries I was like uh-huh. Uh-huh. God like that's a cowboy with a heart of gold mad with his <laughs> pistol already drawn totally yeah. you know I like ugh. I know um I know. I've been I've been sitting here part of my brain has been in the background wondering about the feminine aspects of our collective um because we do see more and more of that um being a force and a quantity within you know our culture um in a lot of different areas but you know even in representation and government and things like that you know the future is female and all that and i'm thinking okay is this going to be like a cowgirl <laughs> version? <laughs> like what's the what's the female um version of some of these energies and what is that going to look like especially mm-hmm. on the other side of this big return? Mm-hmm. We're talking about like about you went about 5 years into the future, right? Or four? I went a couple. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, and we also talked about 2022, so 2022. we're looking at about about 3. 3 years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So and that's I really, really did Right. And I didn't, of course, cover every single thing that's going to be happening in the next three years. I mean, there's there's a ton, but I touched on the highlights, like the big overarching themes, which mm-hmm. are Saturn, Pluto, and then just looking at where Jupiter is. Um, well, the feminine, that's that is interesting to think about here, because I there is another uh, event that's happening in the United States chart, which is the balsamic moon is coming. <laughs> the progressed balsamic moon is coming. Uh, that is going to begin around election day of 2020. Okay. And what that means is we have a progressed sun and a progressed moon in, in, in any chart, but in the United States chart. And it's coming around to the closing of its lunar cycle. And, you know, for anybody that's interested, you can find out more about the progressed lunation cycle through uh, Dane Ruger's work and uh, Stephen Forrest also has a book on called the book of the moon that goes into more detail about this but you know in individual charts it really matches up well with certain cycles of life that we are in like you could be in in a new moon cycle or a full moon cycle or um, any of the the eight phases right and each of those phases lasts about three and a half years so we begin the balsamic phase, which is the dark moon, which I associate with very feminine energies mm-hmm. um, at the time of the election. And we'll be entering into a three and a half year period of this balsamic moon. Um, what that is to me is the need to be receptive 
to new ideas coming in, receptive to the new vision that wants to uh, wants to be born really at the new moon. So we're going right. out even further. Like, so you, you hit on something intuitive when you said five years. I feel like we are going into this window of time where it's going to become very unclear for a while what our direction is, but we have to let go and surrender, which is a very feminine quality uh, to open to what is, what are the new things coming in, but we have to allow the old to die and the allowing at the surrendering is a high side of the feminine as I see it. Isn't the um, waning last stages of the moon, the dark of the moon, when the spells kind of, kind of get written like that's mm-hmm. when you conceptualize Mm-hmm. what it is that you're doing in the next cycle. Am I love I- that idea. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I think that that resonates for me. It's like when you're getting the vision, when you're, m- yes, many spells are done under the dark moon, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's a power time. Yeah. Particularly with, and it holds the crone energy. Like mm-hmm. we need, we need the crone energy right now in our country. And not, not a, masculinized crone you know um right i can think of some people in government who embodied that um but Mm -hmm. yeah you know um but i think of the real crone which is uh, so so think of an elderly woman who's very wise you know and she but she has no filters you know she tells you the truth as she sees it right well, elderly women are known for that, like no filters thing. You know, I love it. I love it. Um, and that's the energy that I see coming in potentially with that balsamic moon is the elder women or those with elder woman slash crone energies stepping up to be the leaders. Not to say that the young can't. I really want to emphasize that because young people can carry the energy of the crone as well. I don't think it necessarily has to do with age, to be honest. What's so interesting to me about the concept of crone energy, grandmother energy, um, the matrilineal um, culture of the first peoples that lived here you yeah. know, in this land, the thing that I find so fascinating is that we have all this patriarchal cowboy in charge crap. Yeah. But most people who grow up in the United States, especially if you grow up in the South, especially if you grow up in a, um, you know, a family with a strong ethnic identity or a black family, we see over and over again that the grandmothers, um, the women, the matriarchs are really holding things together. Yes. You know, it's like behind the scenes everything's being run by the moms and the grandmothers. And Absolutely, it's yeah. almost like the the masculine energy that gets to be paraded out front and act like he's in charge it, is this weird kind of dad energy that's, it's like, yeah, <laughs> dad gets up there and lectures and blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> the true moral authority is really mm-hmm. with the mom. You know what I mean? Like. Yep. And I, I've always thought it was really interesting how, even in my own family, mm-hmm. how much matrilineal power and tradition is so evident. And mm-hmm. then the fact that all these women take men's names, wherein, mm-hmm. you know, but there's this kind of heart-centered identity that's always so much more, for me, associated with, like, the women in a family. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I I, I think it's really mm-hmm. interesting. Like I think a lot about and and, and it's the cancer to me. Mm-hmm. It you know cancer Virgo Pisces. Those are all very mother kind of mm-hmm. archetypes in different kinds of ways. Thank God we're not a yes. Virgo country. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> there is there is actually a chart I think with Virgo rising. Oh no! I'm like no, I, I can't don't handle see it. it. I can't no. handle it. But um, I do think you know of of cancer is being yes. um, a very much a mom kind of like if you have a cancer mom that's a strong mom sign you know right 
Um, right. So maybe our maybe we have some latent because you know cancer is a water sign. You know it is. Yeah. Um, driven by emotion and compassion and empathy and all you know, all those um, in- intuitive kinds of vibes, and the fact that it somehow you know ended up in this cowboy mode is a little hilarious because I feel like its true nature wants to be something softer. But yeah. knowing cancer men, uh, yeah. lots of close cancer men relationships. My brother is a cancer. One of the things that I observe about cancer guys is that they have all this feminine energy that they are socialized not to have. Mm-hmm. And you end up with these guys who are so sensitive that they build a lot of walls and a lot of protective kind of stuff. And they overcorrect yeah. with this kind of, eh, you know, grumpiness or something that cancer sometimes has. And yeah, cancer man energy is kind of a tough road to hoe. I think they're very conflicted. There's a lot of identity problems. And my takeaway from the story that you just told us about, Mm -hmm. you know, who we are as a, as a country collectively is a kind of identity crisis. (laughs) Oh, I see. I see it with the, um, like you just helped me to bring this to the surface as I'm looking at the primal triad, which is the sun, the moon and the rising sign, you know, of the, the natal chart. Um, it, it, it is that conflict. It's it's about being torn and trying to work out the distance between masculine and feminine. Between how do how do we bring these things together? Yes, you know, cancer is a is a quote feminine sign, and you know, I don't. I'm very careful about like getting into the masculine feminine labels because I don't want to make it about like being a feminized. Yeah, girly kind of thing. That's not what we're talking about. We all run both right. masculine and feminine energies. We know that. But um, and cancer is in part the mother archetype. Okay, and we have a Venus in this chart that is in Cancer, that is next to Jupiter. Uh, that so it's you know extra enhanced. This Venus is also out of bounds for those of you who in astrology world who know declination, it's an out of bounds Venus, meaning it's even more kind of unleashed, you know, so we have a strong uh, urge toward, you know, uh, almost putting the the feminine on a pedestal. Well, Mm. you know, we have Lady Liberty. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's our symbol, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Lady Liberty, right? The mother, the great mother holding up the torch. Um, Mm. And yet the cowboy Sagittarius is what's at the front door. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's what it's what's our outer shell. What makes us feel safe is to have that cowboy bluster, right? And then the moon and Aquarius, which is I'm all about technology. I'm all about intellectuality. I'm all about, you know, staying disconnected from the heart in the shadow uh, from that, right? Because that's a cancer impulse. That's a cancer fear yeah. impulse is to, yes. oh my God, I can't handle all these feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it's at the, it's at the crux of a lot of our problems is this disconnect uh, from of heart from mind of, you know, and not knowing how to balance those three main elements, uh, the Sag rising, the moon in Aquarius and the the sun in Cancer. And, um, you know, Aquarius and Sag are two signs that work well with each other. They kind of egg each other on, you know, they're what are called sextile signs to each other. But cancer is, does not quote, is not comfortable quote with both of those signs. You know, it's in a, what we call an inconjunct or a quincunx with Sag and with Aquarius. So it's in the crosshairs of this, uh, this uncomfortable juncture <laughs> between the rising sign, the moon, and then the, the cancer the cancer mm. planets. So yeah, I think you hit on something really deep there about our struggle as as a nation with the feminine archetype, but it is what we are here to become. I mean, we have four planets in cancer. We're here to own the positive expression of them. You know, and mainly the sun. Like the sun, we have to all of us, you know, the sun in our chart is the the core the energy, the life force. And so we're here to become that cancer sun in a positive way. 
and and that yeah i think you you got to something really really good there well it brings a lot of themes together um a, a lot of uh, political movements and you know concepts even bumper stickers that that you hear like the future is female and the 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 presence of the women's march on washington which was almost kind of I always thought of it as just kind of a flexing of female muscle in a way. Like um, it hasn't been activated yet. Maybe it's been activated, but it hasn't been applied. Yeah. Truly. But it feels like, oh, it's waking up, <laughs> Like mm-hmm. you know, um, and you know, to, to put a positive spin on all this. And I know that one of the reasons why I love your, astrology readings is because astrology does tend to sound really dire <laughs> you know um, it can it can and you know but when you look at this as you these are not faded concepts these are circumstances within which you have the will to act and make decisions um you know i think the idea of this these systems that are dying, these old yeah. systems that are dying. Um, it's kind of like we can't get rid of them while they're raging and running strong. You know, no. we do need them to die in order to get them out of the way. And I right. think some of the conservative backlash that we see, that desire to move backwards, to go to the past, is, you know, kind of a death spasm in a way. Yeah. It is... Um, you know, it is a reaction to the panic of death. And I I think it's kind of inevitable. I know Susan Grace, um, mm-hmm. a shout out to Susan, when she came on, I guess it was last year around the time of, of the midterm elections, and she talked a little bit about this concept of everything, you know, kind of falling apart, but we want it to, you know. Yeah, was, I remember that, yeah. Such a great... I'm 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 wondering like what uh, Susan has to say. Uh, maybe we'll get her on soon and find yeah. find out what she has to say about some of this stuff because um, you guys have such different personalities in the way that you speak about this these things, and I love that diversity. But then there's also this um, there's this theme that you both um, kind of touched on, and I think we all feel it. Um, having this story laid out uh, the way that you've done it gives us something um, to kind of stake out some territory and have some expectations. And um, one of the interesting things that I like about astrology transits and letting someone know where they are in a transit Mm. is sometimes when you're in the middle of something, you really is like, is this going to last for a month or is this going to last for two years? And I, I've always found when I get my chart read that it's extremely relieving, even if you are in the middle of something really challenging, to mm-hmm. know that it has an end. Like, oh, yes. there's six months left. Oh, there's three mo- There's three years left. You know, um, right. somehow that allows you to reset um, your endurance or, um, it allows you to take a breath and and move forward. So I do think that this is a positive story. I think this is a dramatic climax that we're living in. You know, it's, um, it's definitely going to be a cliffhanger here for a little bit. Um, I think so. But, you know, in, in looking at some of the history, uh, when I went back and looked at some of the historical events and how they lined up with the chart, what I realized is that this country has been through so much and survived. Like it, we have gone through wars and depression and, you know, I, I have, I have hope <laughs> that we can survive as a democracy, um, but that things will likely look very different on the other side of this five years, you know, as you laid out the five year thing, I do think that's about right. Um, and that that's a good thing. It needs to be different. If we can be the savior nurturer of the world and use our information technology revolution in yeah. order to correct the, uh, you know, ravages on the planet and our resources and fix it for everyone, then it's kind of like that's our redemption story. It is our redemption story. I yeah. love that. 
Okay, yeah. we need one. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> well, thank you so much for um, coming on and doing this. I mean, you did so much research and so much work, and I just got to sit here and listen. Um, I, oh. I feel really blessed to um, be on the receiving end of this. Um, let everybody know where they can go to find you to get their own um, redemption story plotted out. Absolutely. So you can find me at dinadecastro.com. I'm also on Facebook at decastroastrology.com. And uh, yeah, those are the two best places to, to get in touch with me. Thanks, Dina. I love talking to you about this stuff, and I'm sure we will do it again soon. Yes, I hope so. It's always a pleasure, Slade. Thanks again for listening to the Shift Your Spirits podcast. For show notes, links, transcripts, and all the past episodes, please visit shiftyourspirits.com. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever app you prefer. If you'd like to get an intuitive reading with me or download a free ebook and meditation to help you connect with your guides, please go to sladeroberson.com. And if you're interested in my professional intuitive training program, you can start the course for free by downloading the attunement at automaticintuition.com. Before I go, I promise to leave you a message and answer to a question or concern you may have. So take a moment to think about that. Hold it in your mind or speak it out loud. I'll pause for just a few seconds right now. You're putting too much energy into someone or some situation that is undeserving. It's wearing you down. It's draining you. Stop sacrificing your valuable time trying to please other people who do not appreciate you. Feeling unfulfilled in this way is spotlighting what you do not want. It feels like you're stuck in a limbo right now, but this moment is temporary and it's magnified to bring you this awareness and clarity. Take note of what your feelings are telling you. Be patient and be prepared to take action when the opportunity presents itself. And I'll talk to you later.